0: Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast, conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Cheryl, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm super excited to talk about your book, Problem Solver Maximizing Your Strength to Make better decisions because I can always make better decisions in my life. But before we dive into the book, I would love to know a little bit more about you and what you do.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and to talk about my new book, Problem Solver. So my background is in investigative journalism and today what I do with that is I have a company called Decisive which helps people to build decision-making skills And I also offer coaching and create curriculum, both for large professional development programs, but also for universities and governments and working with individuals to help them make better big decisions. I teach at Cornell University, both for all of their startup companies, as well as a course in complex decision making, which is available online through eCornell to people around the world.
0: How did you start decisively? Like what was how did you transition from journalism to to this?
1: Well, um, I was an investigative reporter at a publication called Barons. It's an investment publication. I was in the editor there and a columnist, and I ended up writing a series of stories that really had an outsized impact. A couple companies went out of business. Sometimes the regulators got involved, like the Securities and Exchange Commission. One time, a CEO ended up going to jail for 10 years after an investigative series that I wrote. And so what I realized is that these kinds of stories don't just impact somebody's investment portfolio. But it also impacts their retirement account, their ability to get up and go to work in the morning if they work at one of the companies where I wrote a skeptical article about a company. And also, if you're a consumer of the products or services of the companies that I wrote articles about, how could you feel that those products and services were trustworthy And it really led me to think about, well, who am I as a decision maker? How do I know that I'm marshalling the right evidence, that I'm thinking about whether or not these stories are both true and are stories that should be told? And so what I thought about was given my background in research as an investigative journalist, could I put together a system to start to handle these thinking mistakes that we were just learning about, the different cognitive biases, to actually control for and counter those biases, to expand our knowledge while improving our judgment. And that became what I call my area method, which is my decision-making system that I ended up teaching at Columbia University for many years, now at Cornell, and then to start Decisive as companies and individuals started to say, hey, we hear you have
0: the system, can you help me too? Wow, I, I'm really um, intrigued by that because you, you know, like I'm sure as, as a journalist, you're doing all this research and gathering all this information, but then I'm sure you see that there's you know other content online that may not be 100 factual, and people are just taking information and just making decisions without maybe taking those steps to understand is this a good decision, and then yeah, the uncertainty with your finance, financials, like during the recession. I mean, there were so many um, people that are impacted when companies do something that's not (laughs) not appropriate. Um, So I can see having some sort of method for a person, but also a company can really help them with making better decisions. Absolutely. You know, the research was just starting to come
1: out. And even now that we all have these thinking mistakes and that we want to bring questions to, Where is information coming from and how are we ourselves processing it? But even now, most of the literature that's out there basically says, try to be more aware. Well, if we don't know what our mental mistakes are, if we don't know what the cognitive biases are that we're interacting with, First, we can't even think about what to do about them. But second, until the area method came out, there wasn't a process that specifically focused on how do you collect information, synthesize it, and make a decision to control for and counter these cognitive biases.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about the area method, kind of how that works or kind of the steps in it? Sure. Area is an acronym for the steps of my process, and there are
1: five. The first A is absolute information from up close on the target of your decision. The R stands for relative information. Its source is somehow connected to the target of your decision, but not from the target. And then area E has actually two steps that I call the twin engines of creativity. Area exploration gets you beyond documents to identify good people and ask them great questions. So it explores interviewing. And then area exploitation turns the lens of inquiry on yourself as a decision maker to try to exploit where are you making assumptions and judgments and how do you try to see if you can find evidence to back them up. And then the final A analysis puts the pieces back together It helps you to strength test your decision and to come to conviction on the decision that you want to make.
0: One of the things that I I believe in for like entrepreneurs, but also just people in general is that curiosity is key to being able to do really anything. And and what you were just talking about, I just felt like, that word kind of (laughs) embedded parts of that, like the interviewing and being willing to look at your own assumptions and then be able to say, is my assumption correct? Or am I just, you know, shortcutting something that's, you know, actually not factual. Um, So I I really like that, but I I wanted, I had to throw the curiosity word out because that one of my favorite words, but two, it just feels like that's part of this process.
1: It's absolutely part of the process. And my first two books problem solved, which is on personal and professional decision making, and then investing in financial research, which is on financial and investment decision making, both show people, how do you use the area method applied to those types of problems and decisions? And it's really an effort to change the way that we interact with information and with others because when we have an inclusive perspective taking process, that's when we can really strengthen our relationships as we make decisions, which gives those decisions a better opportunity to be a success.
0: So, wow. So what I heard there, several things, but the thing that always blows my mind. So this is book number three for you. So congratulations on that. Thanks. And I'm just curious, how did you get three books out? You know one book's hard enough. So like, walk me through, you know, you talked about those two were very specific and how the area method was being used. So what does this book do and how does it help the reader with the area method? It's a great question. First,
1: you don't have to have read the other books to dive into Problem Solver, which is meant to be a fun, easy read that gives you such a powerful punch of information about yourself. Because Problem Solver addresses what I've learned since Problem Solved and Investing in Financial Research were published, which was when I put the area method out into the world, the system immediately gained so much more adoption than I ever could have imagined. Everything from high school students and university students to people changing careers, somebody helping an aged parent, to find a good housing accommodation for themselves, counterterrorism professionals, nonprofit leaders, and so on. And what I realized is everybody can use area, but we don't use area as it is, we use it as we are. And that's because we're different types of decision makers, but that begs the question then, Who am I as a decision maker? So in reading through thousands of evaluations of individuals and groups that I've worked with, I realized that there are five different ways that people approach their decisions. And I call these problem solver profiles. And I've given them all fun names. And in problem solver, you can take a quiz It will help you to self identify which one of the five problem solver profiles fits you. And then it will walk you through what is strong about the way you make decisions. And it will also let you know what are some of your blind spots, the key cognitive biases that you may want to be careful about that can impede your ability to make good decisions. And then it will help you make better big decisions alone. with others
0: so I actually took your assessment online and for the um listeners this is Cheryl and I's second attempt to doing a podcast the first tip we had some technical difficulties and I was just trying to look to see because I can't remember which one I was but it was a very simple uh assessment you know to take and um I felt like it was like right on when I was reading the information so um I I love a quiz. I'm always someone who loves a quiz. um, And I love a book. So (laughs) I enjoy having those two together.
1: Yeah, well, this is really unique, because until now, we've never really thought about our decision making. We don't teach it at home. We don't teach it in our schools. And yet, when you think about it in your life, there is nothing else that you have control over besides your decisions and how you engage with them. So the five problem solver profiles who people may want to learn about, I gave them fun names, are the adventurer, the detective, the listener, the thinker, and the visionary. And each one is optimizing for something different in their decision-making, and each one has different, therefore, underlying values. And by understanding who you are as a decision maker and who the other people are, you can have a much easier way to have more fulfilling conversations and decision making with people. The adventurer is optimizing to move forward and to make a lot of decisions. The detective is optimizing to find evidence to be able to have an underpinning to her decisions. The listener wants to make sure that she collaborates and has an understanding of how others are also thinking about the decision that she faces. The thinker wants to know why, and the thinker wants to mitigate losses when making decisions. And the visionary is somebody who really favors an original out-of-the-box decision. So you can really see that there's a lot of benefit to understanding intellectual diversity and who you're making decisions with, so that you can have a more fulsome understanding of the problems you face and make better big decisions.
0: So I was a detector. (laughs) Like after you said those five, I'm like, detector, that's me. So yeah, I mean, it's And it is, it's, it's interesting because again, we always make those assumptions that everybody makes the same, goes to the same process to make a decision, um, or we're so ingrained in what we do that we just make, again, the assumption that others do it, do it the same way we do when, you know, being able to get in their shoes, use empathy, but then also understand how other people make decisions will help you maybe eventually become that collaborator um, where you are, you know, kind of working, especially as a team, right? I mean, I feel like as team decisions, a collaborator is probably a great person to be, you know, working on that team to help with those decisions.
1: Actually, all five of them are extremely valuable. There's no ideal team or ideal person to have at the table. The, Thing that becomes really important is to learn all five of the problem solver profiles. Not only will it give you a lexicon in which to talk about and think about these ideas because as humans we think in words, but it also gives you an opportunity when you only have certain profiles gathered in the room in a team environment to bring in the questions from the other perspectives.
0: I love that because there's also a lot of assessments around like how people communicate and understanding everyone's communication style. this is just another piece of how to understand each other's decision making you know lenses so that yeah you guys can be able to look at each person individually, understand their ideas their person you know their perspective and then hopefully, work together, make a really good sound decision for a problem that you're facing.
1: Right. And I would say that there's two things here. One is, as you mentioned earlier, we often make the assumption that our way is the right way. And so You can really appreciate the intellectual diversity of the different ways that people approach their problems so that you won't say maybe somebody's hasty. Instead, you'll say, I think I might have an adventurer at the table with me, and this person's going to help keep the trains running on time. Or this person is going to help us to think about a lot of decisions. And you won't say that somebody maybe seems to be a very slow decision maker and is stuck in the weeds. You might say this is a detective who can really help us to marshal evidence to support what we're doing so we can have greater confidence and conviction in our decisions. And the second point I would make is that unlike other assessments, and there are a host of personality assessments that your listeners might be familiar with, like a Myers-Briggs, the problem solver profile is not proscriptive. It's not going to tell you what you're going to do. It's going to tell you what it is that are your habits and patterns of behavior that have been comfortable. What do you do when you're not really thinking about how you engage with your decisions? So the way to think of the problem solver profile is like handedness. Most of us prefer either the right or the left hand, when we do things, it's natural and comfortable, but we can be ambidextrous by leaning into the discomfort, which is where the learning is, we can become more agile, and more flexible. And so it is with your decision making.
0: That's so uh, you just tied it up perfectly. And I, I really enjoy hearing this because it is it's It helps, it's going to help the listeners with understanding their own decision making, how to um, see differences and how it could be a positive difference versus, you know, what we all, everyone thinks we should be doing the same thing. Um, But then also that we can flex, we have that ability to grow if we're willing to do the work right and and be uncomfortable. Um, This has been wonderful, Cheryl. Thank you so much for coming. Um, If someone would like to connect with you after the podcast, what's the best way for them to connect with you? And what's the best way for them to buy Problem Solver or one of your other books? Terrific.
1: Thank you so much. Um, The website is area method. A-R-E-A method.com. And there you'll find, you know, my articles in Harvard Business Review and other places, my TED Talk, books that I've written. Uh, the kind of work that I do, and you can also find the books wherever you buy books. You can find it on Amazon or in Barnes & Noble. I hope you'll pick up a copy. I hope you'll reach out about the decisions that you're making. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share about Problem Solver with you, Jody, and with your listeners.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being a part of the, the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Booksmart's business podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about possibly becoming an author yourself, please visit OvernightAuthor.com for more information. Until next time.